Episode 58, The Chills Have Eyes. Welcome to episode number 58 of the Adventures in Lollygagging podcast. Uh, we are down one tonight, as uh, Josh might be a little light. He might catch us before we end the ep, but otherwise, uh, everyone's here. Gang's all here, including our, our newest character. Uh, so, uh, so Coder, you lost Stekis last ep. How, how you feel about that? Feeling okay? I'm a little sad, but I got drunk now. <laughs> you have drunk. Oh, God, that name. So, like... It happened so abruptly, too. It was like kind of just out of nowhere, you know, just like, oh, look at that. It's like there's a big old giant creature that's just pecking your your face off. So, yeah. And no one really saw it happen. Like Bear saw some of the aftermath and such. But like it was just such a weird, weird death compared to some of the other ones we've had. But uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising. Did anyone pick up his shit, by the way? It all flew away. No. No, when we made camp, we picked up everything. It would have been in the tent. Okay, so we'll say, yeah. So the only thing he would have probably, so just his clothes, and we'll say he probably would have dropped his weapon, I doubt. Like, once you're dead, he probably dropped his weapon. So you probably, that's probably fine. Uh, But yeah, so we, uh, so let's see. You guys set forth from Fort Jaeger on this crazy mission to try to, track down the wagon of all these like captured Verdumites, whatever the, you know, these Verdum villagers, possibly Charlotte, who knows? Uh, and in order to do that, you're like, you were racing up like this Eastern, these Eastern foothills that are fairly unexplored, uh, at least by the people from the Rhine and from Verdum. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it hasn't been a good start. You had some trouble around a river, then you made camp, and then uh, one of your party, possibly your strongest member, I'm not sure, uh, got uh, got his head caved in by the beak of a howl bear and carried off so that the howl bear can then uh, chew him up and feed him to uh, to little baby howl bears. Quite an epic way to go. Yeah, I mean, epic. I don't know because like unable to defend himself. Yeah, couldn't really do anything. Once. Yeah, that's it's... not epic. Yeah, that's a failure. But, but the visual of it is, you know, pretty fantastic. That's kind of a whimper, really, if you think about it. But uh, which is sort of surprising. I'm kind of sad because I had some fun stuff in store for Stekus, but we'll figure this stuff out with Drunk as we move forward. He seems like fun. So, uh, what classes do you have for Drunk? So Drunk is a slayer, uh, and then during all of the things he's had to fight and see, he's gone more into. Uh, the religious side of the Umbat Nor, and uh, he's a bit of a fanatic about it. Okay, so you, so fanatic is the second one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So we've got Slayer. So tell us about Slayer. So like, what what should we know about Slayer? That's cool. So I have a thing called the Slayer's Path, and essentially what it is is, is if I kill a creature, it can't be humanoid. It has to be a creature. I permanently, if I ever fight that creature, do again, I do 1d6 extra damage when I successfully land a hit. Okay, so it's just like knowledge of, of that. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's not a limit to how many I can know. Oh, beautiful. I can recuperate from injuries faster by three days. 
to a minimum of one day. Okay. And when I miss with a one-handed attack, I can re-roll it. Okay. Right on. That's that's pretty good, actually. That's a yeah. That's all pretty good. Uh, okay. Um, what about fanatic? I know like fanatics are intermediate. I said you can start intermediate, and you're not very far in, obviously. But like, what led you to fanatic? Why did you Why did you pick it? Well, like I said, he's been fighting on uh, awful, horrible things, and it's towards a religious thing, a way people would go into ways to cope with what they deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all his injuries and stuff, it kind of helps. He kind of is a bit of a masochist in that sense. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, I mean, we'll get more into like now that we have two members of the Umbat Nor that are in the party now. Uh, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more because there's going to be things you guys are going to glean and learn that had you guys not been in the party, you would never have known. Like if it was Zofia and Stekas here, like there's things you probably wouldn't be able to conclude. And you might not even be in this damn place if it wasn't. If it wasn't for Arave and Drunk being like, yeah, there's this really safe uh, lookout uh, place in the drum. This uh, this big old butte that's hanging there. It's super safe. Totally I safe. don't remember promising any safety. I mean, I think so. It's just like a little, little lookout tower and everything. But uh, Somewhere to recover. This is true. Yeah, but so you all walked in to this place and uh, Hubert was out in front. And immediately things were looking kind of weird. Uh, he went up the, the the switchback so fast that he did not notice that there was a hand in the snow, which is something Arave was able to pick up. Uh, but as you all started to look inside, it, it, blood everywhere, just everywhere. There's all these little small apartment rooms for people to stay. Um, there is like some open space at the beginning because this is sort of like a home has been carved out of the inside of this this butte. And you actually were able to put some of your horses inside and such. Uh, and you're looking around and there's just blood everywhere. There's these little little things of, of, you know, these beds that are made of like sort of sacks and such that have and furs that have covered in blood, blood smeared along the walls. It's just been a pretty awful, awful place. Now, Dronk and Hubert went upstairs because there's, uh, as you would know, Dronk and as you would know, Arave, these things tend to have kind of two levels. There's lookout like kind of these lookout windows uh, that kind of peek to the north and to the south to try to keep an eye out. It is, a, again, very much like a lookout tower. Um, and the, the so the party's kind of split. And so Drunk and Hubert, you're upstairs and you're looking around. And then Lavinia and Bear and Arave. Lavinia, whom, by the way, crit failed a spell yeah. and is blind right now. For 24 hours. So all of you downstairs, including this this poor soul that you've been bringing along with you, uh, is uh, you're all afraid as you su- as you 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 suffered uh, some 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 peril because all of a sudden this maniacal cackling started to echo throughout these stone halls, and you heard like the scraping of stone on stone. And as you looked backwards, you noticed that the way in is suddenly blocked by this, for lack of a better term, stone door that has now covered the way in, and you hear this cackling. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just start right up there, if I could draw your attention uh, to the map that we have up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, Bear's not here, so I think I'll just have Bear wait, because Bear would be the first to go. And so we'll have Bear wait. And so Lavinia, it is your turn. Um, You hear this cackling. You can't see anything. 
you're you've you're suffering from fear your magic mm -hmm. just betrayed you and you hear this horrible cackling and you have no idea where you are like this place like you've never been here before what is lavinia doing um she's she's freaking out pretty bad because uh i beheld a horrible nightmare of something beyond the mortal realm so on top of my fear i saw some crazy crazy nonsense and I'm blinded again, which I'm assuming brought back memories of the last time I was blinded, which was when I was running for my life mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from an ogre. So um, I think she's going to frantically start feeling along the walls, looking for some place she can hide. Okay. So, yeah, you, I mean, you're feeling along the walls and you, you, you had a brief glimpse of the place. And you know that there are these, you know, to the right and to the left, when you came in the main hallway, there are these two apartments, sort of these little places for people to sleep and keep their keep their stuff while they're on duty here. And you feel around, and you mean you can go either north or you can go south, like because you know that there's one on this western wall. Like there's there's two places. So which way do you want to go, north or south? Uh, she'd probably head north. All right, so you go slipping in to the as best you can as you kind of look around and are grasping uh, for anything and maybe you're following the wall as you go inside uh, and yeah so you've got two more AP so like technical terms I move and then take cover okay so you're taking cover mm -hmm. sounds good then Arave you hear that cackling again yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you hear it coming from south of you uh, by the door that just grinded away and closed and you can see a figure step out uh from the shadows uh, over by where one of the one or two of the horses are kind of hanging out right now and they step out and they are dressed uh at least from you know, the feet to the waist in the types of furs and hides that you and Gronk and Gronk both wear. However, they they're bare chested. You can see all sorts of like rips and tears across their chest. Uh, you can see almost like wires and barbs that have kind of dug into like the pectorals and wrapped around uh, the biceps. Uh, and you can see that there's this thing hanging from the neck. There's flopping around like this big, peculiar looking necklace. And when you look really closely, you notice that it is a necklace made of eyeballs. And all these little fibers are hanging out from them. And they're just flopping around. There's like four or five of them. And when you tr and your eyes go up a little bit further, and you see their face, you can see that it's, again, much like the chest is scarred and cut. Uh, you can see that there's a wild haircut that's matted down with blood. The hands and the forearms are covered with blood. But the face is actually missing eyes. So this person steps out and is going to move right up to you. And I'll let you go ahead and roll a, a roll a scrutinize test uh, at at routines. Fine. That is a frightening sight. Uh huh. Uh huh. Again, you you are already suffering from fear. That is a fail. So you look really closely. The it's so difficult to discern the face. Like they have part of the getup of an Umbatnor, of like the, the kind of the naturalistic look to it, but the top part of the body is just ripped to shreds and they just come running up to you um, and they have this 
this spear that's just coated in like tar and blood and there's these wires that are ripped and wrapped around it and they're going to move up with one ap uh then they're going to attempt to knock you down uh with their second ap uh and so since they're moving i'm going to give them an athletics test on this uh, and with a 94, that's a fail on the on the attempt to knock you down. And then they will just thrust the spear uh, directly at you uh, with two hands. And with a 43 on a uh, on a 70, so that's going to be 14 points of damage. And it has not come around to my turn yet, so I'm not in a position that I can do. Unfortunately, anything. it is not. So how does that work for you when it comes to uh, your actual damage threshold? So that is two. So I'm going to go from lightly down to seriously. Okay, so now I need you to roll 3d6 for injury because this is a vicious weapon. No sixes. And you're clear. And we do have uh, we do have new uh, fortune points and such tonight. We got five fortune because we're missing bear. Then next up, it will be drunk. So I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Do I see anything different about the rooms up here uh from you haven't had a chance to explore yet but just from stepping up into the hallway of the second of the second floor yeah there's still more blood everywhere uh you look behind you to one of the lookout rooms and you can see there's all sorts of broken stuff on the ground crates and whatnot um you don't see anybody uh, in the hall you can only from where you're standing at the base of the stairs you can only vaguely very simply see in some of the rooms but you can't fully see into any of them but you don't see anyone up here uh you heard the cackling uh of a of a laughter um kind of echoing throughout the entirety of the uh of the small lookout tower can i try and figure out if it's coming from up above me or like down at the same level i'm at there's only two levels and you are on the second level Okay, I'm. I'm a, so can I can I discern if it's coming from this level or below me? Um, so I would I would assume that Arave is probably screaming <laughs> uh, from getting getting impaled with a spear. So I am indeed loud when I am frightened and in pain. While that doesn't necessarily mean you uh, you have certainly like determined that's where it's coming from, but she's certainly screaming. And if she's screaming, I'm going to turn around and find out what's going on. Okay. So first AP will get you down the stairs. Uh, and you see uh, Lavinia, the woman Lavinia, is missing. Um, you can see the large man that you've met as Bear standing right next to your compatriot. Uh, and you can see that Arave, someone else that you also know, you're friends with, is currently being attacked by something. <laughs> it, it is some sort of deranged looking person with uh, barbs and, and metal and wire kind of cutting into their skin in a variety of places, missing it seems like their eyes, like their face is just covered in blood and they're just wildly attacking at Arabe. I'm going to go up to him and attack him then to try and stop it. Okay, so second AP will get you. Uh, so what's your movement, by the way? I probably should have asked that. My movement is only four. Uh, well, okay, if that's the case, then it's going to take all three of your AP to actually get down into the engagement. You slow. Yeah, dum, I am. Dum, dum. I'm a bit. I remember. I looked. I looked at it. I am eight feet seven inches tall, and I weigh six hundred forty-eight pounds. That's basically big sis, and I think she has like six movement. I'm slow. So then, Arave, it is your turn. 
I will spend two AP to maneuver out of engagement. So you step back by bear. Can I spend my last AP to take cover? Okay, so you want to try to take cover. So I'll say you can probably get into the doorway for the uh, for the one of the other rooms, which would probably give you a little bit of cover. Okay, so that'll add plus three to my damage threshold, so that'll help a little bit. Okay. Uh, Hubert, upstairs, you suddenly uh, hear the pitter-patter of little feet. And uh, as, uh, as you're kind of looking around, you see Dronk run downstairs. You see, coming from the south side, uh, of the actual uh, of the actual hallway, this figure just emerges from the darkness, running full speed directly at you. Um, as they're running, you're seeing like this this necklace just flop around, and when you look at it, it's just a string of eyeballs that are just strung together. Oh, great! Yeah, it's just like the little kind of fibrous parts like stitched together one to the next. And shirtless, they're they're covered in blood and cuts like self-inflicted it almost seems like eyes missing like one side of their head the hair has just been ripped out of the of the scalp uh it, it it's just an absolutely horrifying look but i won't require you uh to uh, to do the f- to do the fear test again because you've already we already did that last time but they come running in with two ap to get to you uh, and then with their third AP, uh, they're going to go ahead and just attempt to attack. They're just going to thrust this uh, this barb-covered spear uh, in your direction. For the roll, that'll be a 40 on a 70. It does uh, 11 points. How's that do? Yeah, it's enough to move me too seriously here. Okay, go ahead and roll 3d6s. So no injury. Okay, no injury. Uh, but you did take that damage. Uh, and then we'll move back around to Hubert. It is your turn face to face with this, and I'll have Bear go probably after you. Oh, you must be causing all this ruckus. So I'll issue a challenge to him. Okay, fair enough. So he is now defenseless to everything that you would like to do. Uh, attempt the knockout paralysis stunt. Go for it. And then, because last session I got a disorder, I believe. Yes, you did. I got deranged hero, which gives me the ability to add 20 base skill to any combat check okay so i'm gonna use it here okay Ooh. like uh once per how does that work uh every time i use it i take three corruption okay and oh. because of your one thing you actually take four corruption oh yeah hey <laughs> oh, do you have a ton of corruption rakes already so <laughs> he's totally screwed it's all right. How'd you do, by the way? I still oh, wow. failed. Did you really? You can re-roll. We have five new yeah, fortune let's, points. Let's throw a re-roll in there. Go for it. 62. It passes this time. This one will just collapse to the ground. Uh, excellent. Bear will go next. Uh, and then Bear will go ahead and step into the position that Arave just vacated uh, next to this one on the first floor. Uh, and... Taking a look at Bear's stuff. So that's one AP to move into position. Um, we'll say he's got his he's got his pilgrim staff listed first. So we'll say that uh, it's two-handed. Blah 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 blah. So I'll just say he takes aim and he rolls it just to keep it nice and simple. Um, and with a sixty-eight, that'll be success. I don't have any AP left. Eleven damage to this creature. Uh, that you're attacking this this thing whatever it is uh, is enough to move it one step okay so uh by the way for your knockout you need to roll 
your what's your brawn bonus? Six. So the roll of peril, right? Yeah, roll the peril, and then it's going to be six turns for lookout number two. It's going to be sixteen. Uh, all right, that will actually move him a bit. Uh, then uh, we'll say that the NPC that you guys are carrying with will limp away. Uh, does that sound good? Yes. Definitely don't want him to get more hurt. He'll probably run away uh, into the because he's he's super hurt and he'll sort of back away. He'll do the same thing kind of Lydia did and just sort of run off into one of the rooms. Uh, then I need Hubert to roll a eavesdrop test. I failed it. Okay. Alright. Nothing you gotta worry about. Uh, and then we're gonna move back up to Lavinia. Um, considering anything that I try to do that requires sight automatically fails, um, I'm gonna continue just... I guess taking cover, maybe trying to move stuff in front of the doorway. Inspiring words. And I would say, yeah, you can do inspiring words because you can shout stuff out. Um, in terms of moving stuff in front of the doorway, there's nothing big enough in this room that would work. There's like a small okay. footlocker, uh, but anyone could easily just step over that. Oh, and the pallets just hang on the ground. Okay. Just sort of, yeah, it's just some sort of, it's more like furs and, and animal furs and stuff. But um, Got yeah. it. Okay, so I am... Oh, isn't Inspiring Words leadership? It is. Flip to fail. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I'll try it. We'll okay, see. yeah. Might as well. Never know. Could roll do, a 12. I can't do much. I can't do Could much roll an 11. Could roll lots of things. Bummer. Very close. 25. Very close. You shout out some words, but uh, no one really buys it, especially since you just ran away a minute ago. So... The lookout, the, the, the range individual uh, that's now between bear and drunk uh, will look sort of back and forth between these two figures. Uh, and so I think what it's going to do is it will probably go ahead and attack drunk. It will turn to drunk with immense uh, amount of anger in its face, uh, and it will attempt to uh, knock you down. Uh, and that'll be a fail. And then I will take aim and I will thrust this uh, spear directly at you. Uh, critical success with a 77. Ooh. Uh, I'll go ahead and... Well, is that going to actually do anything to your damage threshold with a 10 damage? It will not. I'll go ahead and spend that misfortune point I got then to explode the one to make that 15 points of damage and then roll a d6 on top of it. 19 points of damage, uh, which will automatically go through because of the crit. Uh, how does that do for you? That will make me go down to moderate. Okay, so go ahead and roll 2d6s for injury as, again, this is a vicious weapon. Okay, you're good to go. Then we'll move to your turn, Drunk. What would you like to do? You and Bear right now have this thing outnumbered. I'm going to attempt to knock it down. Okay, go right ahead. Coordination, right? Uh, yes, because you're standing still right next to it. And standard? Uh, with the two of you here, I'll give you a... You can go ahead and move this to routine. That's a fail. Would you like to reroll that? No. Okay. I will take aim and try to hit it. All right, go for it. Is that also routine or is that standard? Routine's fine, yeah. You're getting... You basically get are effectively getting a flank bonus. That's a success with a 40. I needed a 65, and I did 17 damage. All right, 17 damage will move it down the threshold two steps to moderately. Vicious. Uh, so uh, 
don't worry about I'm not going to roll for injury because these have an ability uh, that is hanging tough. They cannot bleed uh, or suffer injuries. Nice. You still moved it down two steps, so it's definitely gone down two. Uh, so it went from it actually was already lightly, so now it's going to move this actually down to seriously. So we're down to serious with this one. All right. So then Dronk's turns over. Arave, it's your turn. You've been taking cover inside the doorway of one of the rooms uh, just a few yards away from where this fight on the first floor is happening. What would you like to do? So first I'm going to do my arbalest speed and see if I can load my arrow and if that is going to cost me anything to do so. Okay, go ahead and roll it. That is a fail, so it does cost me the AP to load my hunter's bow. And then I will go ahead and spend one AP to take aim. Okay. And then attack. Because there's two of your allies, I'm going to kick the difficulty up. So the take aim will say we'll cancel it out. And you can just roll it as standard. Because you're trying to thread the needle between two very large friends. That was a success with a six on the roll and an explosion on the damage. So that is 18 damage. And thread nice. the needle you do as this goes right over Bear's shoulder, like making his like his Hulk Hogan mullet just kind of flop in the wind. His <laughs> mustachios mustachios just get ever so slightly nicked. Uh, and you can watch as one of those empty eye sockets is empty no more as your arrow, your arrowhead just plunges right into it. And a big splurt of brain matter comes out of the bat drunk and it just falls to the ground. But it like it stands around momentarily. Like almost like it's like almost not even hurt. It's just like it's still laughing. <laughs> and then it falls finally. Okay. Very nice. The two of you just put some major damage in. Uh, okay. Uh, then upstairs, uh, the thing is uh, is knocked out. So that's uh, going to be turned. Okay. So yeah, it's out, knocked out still. Uh, and then it's going to come around to Hubert. I'm just gonna end this helpless being spear through the head. Go for it. Is it automatic if it's helpless, or do I have to roll something? I don't feel like you have to roll for it. You're fine. So you can just like thrust. Uh, you just thrust whatever weapon you have like right into it and coup de gras, No problem. Okay. Bear will go next. Just for the sake of things, I forgot about one of my abilities, so I actually roll extra because I did damage to someone for the first time in a fight. Mm -hmm. So just. 10 more damage to that one just because oh really okay yes. well actually uh there is a maximum amount of damage that can be done to this and it does start to heal it like it wraps around <laughs> so it's no it's i'm totally lying uh okay barrel will kind of bend down and start to examine the thing uh like kind of looking at it and like look back at arave look, look down at the thing um but then arave you hear something uh as when you look off behind you, coming out from the room that's underneath the staircase, another one of these figures steps out and will kind of starts first like sauntering into the room, but then seeing everything that went down, it just suddenly turns into this deranged, gleeful grin. All of its teeth are broken, like just broken off. Like they're not like some of some of them are, are like the gums are empty. It's all sorts of awful like tears and cuts in their skin, sutures and stitches. Uh, and it will go ahead and move directly up to you since you're the closest. Um, and uh, with its last remaining AP, it will go ahead and thrust its spear at you. Uh, 
and it will roll an 86. Uh, did a ton of damage. I don't have any misfortune, unfortunately, so it's fine. And then we'll go back around to Lavinia, who I'm not sure what you know. <laughs> like the people are shouting out, fighting, switching, duck, you know, down in front. Da, da, da. Uh, Hubert is maybe shouting something upstairs. So, what would you like to do, Lavinia? Um, I think she's gonna continue to try and like babble encouragingly. So I'm gonna try inspiring words again. Okay. And she fails. That's a shame. Okay. Uh, then next up, the guy's dead because you just killed him. Uh, and it'll come around to Dronk and you see that a new enemy has entered the fray, looking very much like the one that just fell. Uh, as I was hit, I will stay at the reach range, but I'll get up to it with uh, staying the at, at reach with the lance. Okay, so you're just outside of the engagement, sure. And I'm going to take aim and attack it. Standard, right? Yeah, I would say standard for this because you're not actually in the engagement. Dear God. That's 21 damage. I rolled a 27. Oh. Uh, okay, so after looking at it, you got 18 damage. So it's it's moved down to moderately wounded. So uh, so yeah, you moved it one, two, you moved it two steps. Erve, you've got one of these things in your face. What do you want to do? I will spend two to maneuver and one to take cover. Okay, sounds good. And it's Hubert, your turn. I think I'll run back downstairs to see if they need help. Yeah, you would definitely hear there's fighting coming from downstairs for sure. I'll just maneuver to get close as possible. Uh, you mean hustle? Yeah. All right, so Hubert, you move downstairs. You're, are you going to move right up into the the, the sort of the engagement with Arave? If I can do that in two AP, yeah. Uh, what's your movement? Six. Sure, you can. I, I would say you can probably get just just up to it barely. Yeah. And I'll try to thrust into it from behind then. Okay, go ahead. I uh, pass the attack. It does sixteen damage. That will move it down two steps, so it'll go down to grievously. Uh, so then it'll go around to Bear's turn. Bear will turn around, walk up to the deranged lookout there, and we'll go ahead and take aim and then roll with its pilgrim staff to try to just bop it on the head. And I will roll 29 freaking damage. What the? Wow. On a 50, a 54 on an 82. That I exploded three times. What? Six, six, six. Uh, and this this dude is dead. His his head is literally exploded. Brain matter going all over the place. Hubert, roll a coordination test to see if you can dodge it. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> you covered in. You're covered in brain matter. matter. As with an 80, you fail. Uh, okay, so. That one also falls. So at this point, you've killed three. None of them, you don't have any, nothing else seems to be running towards you currently. What do you want to do? But that third one did come from the room under the stairs. You don't know that. Yeah, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's just me trying to help out because I can do nothing else. Sorry. Well, stop meddling in forces that are beyond your control. I mean, it's just clearly what it is. Jeff, you just got me casting magic. Do you want me to stop? <laughs> I feel like I got you casting magic a long time ago. That was like, it feels like it's been months. Like, were we in a pandemic when you finally started casting? Like, I don't remember anymore, man. Time is so weird now. Um, okay. So you're taking stock. You've got these two crazy looking things on the ground in front of you. They've got necklaces made of eyeballs. They've got empty eye sockets. They still were able to see you. They're covered and barbs and cuts, like self-inflicted, it seems, broken teeth. Uh, they're carrying these barbed bloody spears. 
you said they're wearing the uh yeah can i see if i recognize anybody yeah as you start to look roll a scrutinize test yeah and you can with now since it's not in combat you can take your time with this uh roll it at easy or trivial even I pass with a six. For sure. You absolutely recognize the two of these these folks down here. They are members of the Umbat Nor. You know them. Uh, they. I'm not sure how friendly you might be. They're part of different groups. But like, yeah, I mean, you've relieved them before. You've, you've, you've probably taken up post here at some point uh, in your time. And you've probably seen each other at, you know, at different strongholds here and there that you, you move, move group to group. And like all, you know, that Umbat Nor have a tendency to like, they work in very small quiet groups going from one section to the next and you recognize the two of them 100 percent Arave, if you step up like you probably start to see now that the blood's being washed away and and you know lights now being properly shown by hubert's uh, torch and such like yeah you recognize them too these are umbenor for sure these are your these are your allies oh no Arave's gonna go upstairs and see what there is to see up there uh so you go upstairs um I'm assuming you have some sort of light out at this point. Yes. So when you go upstairs, it's like laid out very similarly to, you know, the room down there. There's a handful of small little cubicles on the left and the right where people sleep, little bunks. Um, you know that there is a, a northern lookout post and a southern lookout room, and they cut out into these little hidden holes that come out the north side of the butte, south side of the butte, and they cover the the map going forward. Like if you look up the river or the Wormerack, and uh, if you look southward as well, you can kind of see something. So you're upstairs. You see a dead body of one of these crazy lookouts thing with just a big old pool of blood beginning to form underneath it. Where do you want to go? I want to kind of examine all of the rooms up here. Which one do you want to go to first? One of the Outlook. Okay. Which one? North. Okay, so you go into the north, uh, and you can see that this room... Um, is suffered some some damage here and there. It's actually one of the only rooms that doesn't seem that you've come across so far that doesn't seem just to be covered in blood. Uh, you can see that there's a a couple uh, like vases uh, nearby nearby the windows that look out like the the arrow slits um, that have just complete they're completely filled with like dozens of arrows in each. Um, you look off to your left. You can see one of these totems. Uh, of a particular uh, particular entity that the uh, Umbat Norton worship uh, has been thrown to the ground, broken, desecrated. The one on the right seems to be intact, uh, but the one on the left is is completely broken and desiccated. But you see nothing else in here. There's a there's a bow on the ground, a composite bow, and some and a couple arrows on the ground. But that's it. You don't see any other weaponry in here. I'll grab the bow and refill my quiver. Okay. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? I'm going to help Lavinia out here because she's blind, so I'll be her lead. Okay, so you go inside um, the room. You find her. Uh, so you feel a f- you feel the feathery hand of Hubert you know, wrap around your <laughs> wrist. You know it's him. Um, okay, so what are the two of you doing then? Um, I have one final thing of laudanum. I want to give that to the guy. Uh, you sure you want to waste it on an NPC? I think they had that conversation out of earshot last yeah. week. Yeah, just from a mechanical no, perspective. It. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not trying to like bait your your stuff on on NPCs. Okay, um, but we can say that you know you do your best to aid, but like you've already kind of treated him a little bit anyway to get just to help him get here. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, what else are we doing down here? You said that thing came from underneath the stairs. It did indeed. I'm gonna go look in there. 
when you go in there, it is a hideous and awful mess in here. You see a pile of bodies laying on the ground. Uh, pools of blood. These bodies have been brutally cut through. Uh, you can see that their eyes have been ripped out. You can see that there's parts of their legs and arms that have broken. Uh, they are members of uh, of the squad. They, like You definitely recognize some faces. You maybe even know a few names. Um, it's the same, sort of like the same group that uh, the two that were out in the hallway are part of. Like that's like their group. Like you had your group. You're going to scout the the horn on the eastern coast. This group was here and doing other scouting around the drum, uh, and these people are most certainly dead. Horrified that all these people are dead. I think you should probably go ahead and make a make a resolve test here. Um, Treat as standard. I fail. All right, you can go ahead and take uh, 17 points of uh, mental peril as you are overcome with horror and remorse and fear at seeing your, I mean, what appears to be like your your own compatriots just destroying and, and desecrating and brutalizing more of your compatriots. And otherwise, in this room, this seems to be a storage room for some food and supplies. It's basically what it is. I'm just going to run out of the room and say, don't go in there. And I'm going to go stand outside for a minute. Uh, so when you go up to the door, uh, there's a giant stone slab that has been drawn and covered the door, like the way out. So you're going to need to make uh, an athletics test to move it um, at routine, however. That's a crit fail. <laughs> As you go to move it, it tips and falls back on you, kind of pushing like it, you just can't quite keep it straight up. Uh, you can go ahead and take an additional four points of physical as this thing, this big stone slab falls to the ground as you just couldn't control your own strength and it collapses and it cracks on the ground. Uh, but the door is open. Falls on your toe. All right. So you step out. I'm just, I'm going to step outside and just kind of. And it's getting dark. It's, it's almost completely dark at this point. Like it's, it's remember it's short days. You can also see that the, that the storm's kicking up. Like it's getting snowing out here a little bit. Now it's getting heavier. The winds are kicking up. Um, you're getting pestered in the face with ice. Uh, inside, who's doing what? Anybody join me upstairs? Yep. The bottom floor is clear. I'll go back up. Okay. I mean, at that point. I mean, you haven't seen that back room under the stairs, but everyone else is like every room has now been looked at so far. Okay. So you go upstairs. Uh, you see Arave coming out of uh, one of the northern lookout rooms. She's like restocking on uh, on arrows and whatnot. She's uh, reloading her quiver a bit, and uh, you see the the one that you killed still laying on the ground, still dead. Um, what do you want to do? Up and clear out this area. Okay. Slowly go to each room. Okay. So slowly, one by one. You go into each room, and you notice that it's the same deal as downstairs, and that every single room seems to have suffered some kind of, of violence in some way. Um, some more seriously than others. You notice that there are a few that have like these big pools of blood on the ground, as if somebody was attacked while they were sleeping. Other rooms, it's more just like blood was drawn or dragged inside. Uh, so it's you can probably conclude that there's probably... Th- somewhere between four or five people who were probably killed in their sleep uh, and the bodies would lay on top of these these little beds for a little while. Um, 
you notice uh, when you go into the southern, uh, the southern of the two watch, the watch posts that much like the other one, it doesn't seem like there's anything really wrong in here. Uh, once again, you see the sort of the same setup. You see a couple of vases filled with arrows on either sides of some of the, the arrow slits that look out southward uh, below. And you can see that again, there are these two like totem figures of, of different, um, you know, different deities that are of the Umbat Nor faith. Uh, one of which has been thrown to the ground and shattered. The other uh, seems to be intact. Do also, while we're in the outlook rooms, want to look out and see if there's anything to see. I know you said it's snowing heavily, so the visibility may be low. But I just also want to see if there's anything out there. When you look out the southern, uh, you yeah, it's mostly a. Like you can see uh, for a long while, um, as you're looking, it's just snow and ice and a couple tree tops here and there that you can look down upon. Um, you can see a little of the, when you look off to the west, like kind of the southwest, you can see a, a, like a little bend of the river, uh, but you don't notice any movement down there. Maybe a bird flying overhead or a snow hare on the ground or something like that, but nothing, nothing catches your eye. I want to go back across the hall and look out the north as well. Okay. Um, when you look out the north, uh, you see uh, mostly just sort of rock and terrain. Um, you can see off to the north, like a distance, there's like places like sort of the northwestish into the west. When you look out as best you can, angling your your look, you look you're looking over the river itself now as it's passing by. Um, and you can see the shattered peak to the west, uh, which you would know uh, is like the folklore of the time of the areas that it once was a very large peak, but it kind of crumbled at some point. And now it's just a series of small peaks, whether that's true or not, you don't know. Um, but you can see those, you can see them beginning to form. But again, visibility is not great, so you don't really see too much. Um, you can roll. Uh, yeah, you can roll an awareness test if you want. Um I'm going to put it at challenging as you're looking out and trying to see past some of the snow. To fail with the 59. Yeah, it's just maybe in the light of day, you might be able to see more. But right now with it getting dark and with the snow just so heavy, it's very hard to see uh, too far. You see probably for about a half a mile, but poorly. The question about the totems, you mentioned that they had to do with deities. Were, was it the same one that was destroyed in both rooms? Right. So you would know that, I mean, I, I won't get into the full worship stuff, but like that the religion of the Umbat Nor has a tendency to revolve around specific figures, uh, like, and it's represented often by masks of some kind. Um, and that's why it's the idea of like the covering of the face and many groupings of like different groups of Umbat Nor actually wear a specific like kind of animal um an animal some of them are like elk based based some of them are kind of wolf based some of them whatever sure um and all of that kind of re revolves around specific specific deities that aren't named or well known within the Rhine monarchy so they would have very little knowledge of it they're not like your standard arrangement of deities uh but one of them is basically a raven one of them is a wolf one of them is a stag uh, and one of them is a bear um and you would know that they all kind of have their own specific purpose. Like ravens tend, you know, represent like intelligence and vigilance and uh, wolves tend to, uh, you know, kind of loyalty and, uh, and sort of, um, sort of duty to some degree. Uh, 
the stag itself, the elk, would be more like kind of honor and vitality, and the bear is about just pure and unabashed strength. Uh, and the ones that you see that are broken, um, the bear one is broken, uh, and the raven one is broken. Okay, thank you. Uh, if you look closely, you can see that the other two also look like they were attempted to be thrown down. Like, you can see that they've been moved off of their space, um, but for whatever reason, they didn't fall, didn't break. And you said that there isn't blood or something like that in these rooms. No, you don't notice it, but you also, I mean, you can probably conclude at this point that the murdering likely happened while people were sleeping, and there's no beds in this room. Got it, got it, okay. You think we can camp here for the night? It seems like a good idea to get out of the elements and get some rest. And you know that there are specific places, uh, certain rooms where it's better to light fires than others, as there's holes in the ceilings to kind of vent out some of the smoke that go up, kind of drilling up a bit. Um, but yeah, you could definitely like light fires. There is, if you wanted to go through the room beneath the stairs, there is some storage back there, but it's also where a bunch of bodies have been piled up and in, in sort of just decimated in some way. Erevay would not have any interest in going through all of that. Okay. Don't mind if I do then. I'll go back there. <laughs> you what will. is the uh, yeah, why not? normal way that the Umbat Noor handle their dead? Uh, mostly it's just, it's it's kind of more traditional burying of some kind. There's nothing too fancy with it. Yeah. Uh, some folks individually might want one thing or another, but a lot of it's just like returning them to the earth. There's a lot of, uh, like, if if you were a religious person, you would probably, um, not you specifically since you are a member of this particular culture, but, like, if you were outside looking in on the culture, you'd probably imagine they, that the Demiurge is kind of maybe the most likely recognizable or known god within the uh, within the main country that we've explored that would, that would sort of align with it. Um, so it's all about kind of a naturalistic thing, kind of synergy with nature. So burying them would be more appropriate than trying to uh, like burn the bodies kind of thing. Burning the bodies would probably be really bad. Uh, yeah. So uh, not, not necessarily like cursing wise, it just wouldn't be a very smart thing to do um, just from how awful it would smell, how bad it is unhealthy, and then how it will attract things to you. Um, so there's really nowhere to burn them that would be good so mostly it's burying some people you know if you're uh, like certain coastal groups you know sometimes they do burial at sea and stuff but mostly it's just burials would i be able to do a folklore test or something to see if this whole situation seems like something i've ever heard about before folklore standards fine okay actually you are you are a member you can make a routine that's a fail with a 59 yeah, I mean, you, you would know that the further north folks go, the more likely they are to tip into madness. It's it's not uh, it's not uncommon. Like there is a you know, there's there's something about the top of the world that just brings the worst out of people, and the closer they get, the longer they stay there, the worse it gets. Um, okay. So, but you don't know anything specific. Uh, you don't, yeah, you wouldn't know anything, any like sort of specific instances or anything like that, but just generally speaking. Okay. Who else? Um, Lavinia would have been talking to Bear and okay. like having him describe like what happened, yada, yada, yada. And she would kind of latch on to the idea of the eye necklace. Can I do like an incantation test to see if I 
recognize a spell that probably could have given them sight since they were eyeless. Uh, okay. Um, sure. Go ahead and roll standards. Fine. And like, it would just be like a knowledge test. Yeah. Yeah. I get anything. you. Yeah. It doesn't require sight. You would have to reach out and grab and squish the eyeball. No, I'm just kidding. Like you can have just the, <laughs> the ideas being described to you. I've passed. Uh, you don't necessarily know whether or not the necklace of eyeballs is the cause of it, but there are spells that would give people sight. Yeah. Like you would know that the, the ability magically to grant sight. There's ways for, and you you yourself were trying to do it with witch sight. There are ways to grant like certain magical mm-hmm. sight. So you would imagine either they're just really lucky or something something was going on um, magically or mutatedly or anything like that. And then Lavinia's other concern is because I'm assuming she was closest to the door when it got like blocked behind them when we went inside. Yeah. So she would ask, you know, Bear, like, you know, who shut the door behind us, like, kind of thing. Or was that one of the. Um... Yeah, and Bear would tell you that there was one that came from that direction. So likely it was that one. Okay. Yeah. Because by that point she was blind, so she didn't know. Mm-hmm. But cool. Uh, yeah. Um, Okay, what else do you guys want to do? I'm trying to think if there's anything to do with the totems or if I'm just noticing that they're broken. Uh, depends. It depends how devout you are. I would say if you're a devout person, you would probably be upset by it and uh, want to repair them. Uh, if you're indifferent, you would probably just, you know, it is what it is. And if you are not one who is a very firm believer, which is kind of a very rare for there not to be believers um especially in in a world like the one we're in but you might be more indifferent it sort of depends on your idea of uh, of Arave. okay i might try my best to sort of put them back together or something i can fix you yeah no problem <laughs> done is there a shovel or anything in uh there uh no no specific shovels there are some sort of training weapons and such uh swords and swords and things that you could probably use without uh without worrying about harming them um like dull blades and and the like the weapon racks here and there people trade on when they're when they're on 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 station here um uh it's also very cold uh and digging of graves might be very difficult at this time of night and the wind again and the snow is kicking up so I'm just making plan for in the morning because okay. uh, if we're going to stay here, I'm going to make sure that they get a proper burial. Okay. And after looking around for that, I'll notice that those uh, idols are broken, possibly. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm going to get fairly upset about that and try and fix it. Okay. Uh, the two of you, if you want, like you could... You could try to fix them yourselves, or you can ask Bear if you. If you, because I, I don't know. In, I don't yeah. know anything about Bear. I would ask the group. Um, is anyone here good at this kind of thing? It's it's kind of upsetting for us that these have been left as they are. Does anyone have skills with Bear? This? Will push Hubert aside, be like, "Step aside, I can handle this." And his <laughs> his giant chest explodes with just beautiful furry hair, and his. Hulk Hogan hair just goes back and forth in a breeze that doesn't really seem to exist in the hallway. And he He plucks a trade tool from his chest hair. Yes, yes. <laughs> he just he just 
He just goes and he strokes his uh, his mustachio, and as his <laughs> fingers full away, he's got like hammer and chisel in his hand. Just out of nowhere, where to come from? I don't know. His chest hair is a veritable forest. Uh, but he'll he'll lend a hand, sure, because he actually is a carpenter, and these are made out of wood. <laughs> so there's only so much he's going to be able to do. Obviously, like these things are broken, but he can probably piece some of them together or like help sand off some sharp edges. Just whittle a new one. Sure. So. I'll just make this super easy for him just to see how he would do. He's going to be so mad like when I tell him that he's able to do carpentry and he's not here to do carpentry. But uh, yeah, he's able. He, he he passes. Not a very good roll, but he still passes. Uh, and he, uh, he is able to lend your hand. Now, this is going to take a while, though. We're essentially in for the evening anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so what's the plan for the night? Are you just staying here? I think- Seems like the safest bet. Okay. Uh, it seems safe. Like, people died here. Yeah. I mean, there's dried blood everywhere, and there's uh, now pasty, wet blood uh, in a couple places as well. Do you just leave all the bodies there? Do you? I'll try and, like, pile some in the room so we have okay cleared out area. Do you want to pile them with the others uh, that you found uh, underneath the uh, the stairs, or do you want to put them in one of the other, one of the other cubbies? Yeah, let's make it easy and just put them all in the same room. Okay, fair enough. Um, and did you say you were, uh, Hubert, you were going to look for stuff in the uh, the storage room? With all yeah. the Okay. Uh, go ahead and uh, roll me a d10, and then you can roll two d10s afterwards. I got a two on the first roll, and then you want the total of the second two? Or? Uh, yeah, total on the second two. A 14. All right, so you found, uh, the first one is for bandages, so you found three usable bandages. Uh, and then the second one was for rations. You found 16, uh, 16 rations, uh, salvageable food. Okay. Okay. And uh, there's also like a, like a small little um, like stone stove in here as well if you wanted to try to cook anything. But again, big old pile of dead bodies uh, to your right when you, when you come to the room. Right. Yeah. Really ties the room together. Um, anybody else? Would I need sight to like make bandages or do you think I've had enough practice and uh in the town <laughs> Fort Jaeger to just do it by That's fair. I would probably say maybe increase the difficulty and you but you can you can make the check without any anything else. I'll probably I'd bump it up a little bit maybe. It's like a plus, you know, to like a to like a minus ten, like a challenging as opposed okay. to or whatever the tier you're doing, just do minus ten from it. Okay. Yeah, because I wanted to make like two. Okay. So, so it'd be challenging. Okay. So if you're making Because challenging is normally if I make three. Yeah, but if you take your time if you take your time, uh, you can roll it at standard. Okay, I'll do that then. All right, go right ahead. And I'm presuming at this point I'm like upstairs where there's not a bunch of blood and gross stuff. There actually is a little bit of blood and gross stuff. Like you have, yeah, that's right. Lavinia hasn't actually moved upstairs, so you haven't seen it. I'm blind, so I can't see anything. So I'm assuming yeah. somebody places me somewhere relatively clean. We're not going to put you like right sitting in like a puddle of blood or anything like you that. Never know. Yeah. I think Hubert will set you right on top of no. a dead body. Right on top of the pile of dead bodies. I meant to say bear because he's the one I'm controlling. So 42, I pass. So I do make two bandages. Okay. So, so here's here's a fun thing. Uh, I have a drawback, which is hilarious because I have a passive thing called die hard keeps me from bleeding, but I have the drawback of bleeder. So whenever... 
I need to be healed, it takes two bandages. Otherwise, the person trying to heal me takes negative 20 to the heal check. Okay, nice. Good to know. Good to know. I think I think we should just kill him off, bro. We just push him off the cliff or something. Uh, he does too much damage. So the night progresses. Uh, and as it does, the storm kicks up outside. Uh, those of you who are wandering the halls and getting close to the to the northern of the southern lookout posts, you can you can actually hear uh, you can hear the wind quite easily, just whistling almost uh, eerily through the halls itself. Um, when you try to look out, you just you can't even see anything at all. Like there's just so much snow, so dark, uh, and it becomes a little bit claustrophobic in here. And there's an awful aroma uh, that begins to waft through the area. Um, as you all try to sleep, um, none of you obviously get a good night's sleep. Uh, so everyone can go ahead, and when you wake up, you are imperiled. Um, and uh, Lavinia, in the morning, you're still blind, but after a couple hours, you'll get your eyesight back. So it's kind of beginning to come back in a kind of a foggy way. So you're seeing shapes and contours, and it's slowly coming back. Uh, but when the rest of you wake up, and you look outside, it's still very, uh, very snowy uh, uh, outside, or excuse me, very windy outside, but the snow seems to have uh, settled a little bit. When you look at the storm clouds, they are surrounding in all sorts of different directions. It seems to be like these dark gray clouds. Uh, Arave and anybody else who would like to, um, when somebody peeks out the northern, uh, the northern windows, northern lookout tower, uh, roll an awareness test uh, at standard. Anybody who wants to do this is welcome to do so. I would say with the exception of Lavinia, your probably eyesight's not good enough yet to to warrant it. Totally fair. I succeeded with a 42. Okay. Anybody else? Arave succeeded with a 12. Okay. So when you look out, the two of you, uh, you see down by the river, uh, so to the northwest a bit, um, you see something sticking up out of the ground. Uh, it almost looks like it almost looks like a tree, like a tree trunk with no branches or leaves. Uh, but when you when you look down there, it's um, it's most certainly not that. It's got a kind of a reddish quality to it, but you can't really see all that well. Uh, but you can see it's sticking up out of either either the water itself like the edge of the water or the the ice really or on the just off the shore uh but it's pretty tall it's it's like it's like i said it's almost like a tree trunk that if you wouldn't have focused on it too long you would have probably mistaken it for just a a tree getting washed away but you certainly see it now so i assume that means it is not moving in any way Mm-mm. we'll discuss amongst ourselves if this is something that we've seen before at all um or if we should check it out it might be something that we should look at, but there are other things to worry about at the moment. Yeah, we should probably see about doing some healing, if possible. Uh, eventually, Lavinia can. Um, early in the morning, like I said, her eyesight's not great. but I'll try and dig some graves early in the morning. Okay, so if you go down and you can start hacking away at that, that's fine. Uh, Bear will lend a hand with that. He's a big, strong lad. Uh, Hubert, anything in particular? I'll just join the healing because I think I need to patch up a bit. Okay. So you wait a couple hours until Lavinia's eyesight's back. Um, and go ahead, Lavinia. You can go ahead and roll whatever it is. So who needs heal? Hubert, what are you at? 
much serious, but I'll take a lot of them first to bump it to moderate. All right, take your corruption, take two corruption, and then uh, moderate rolls. So go ahead and roll at routine there, Lavinia. Okay, and then we'll say I take my time. Okay, roll it easy. Okay, that is a success. So you can move up to lightly. And then Arave, what are you at? Also seriously. Okay, do you want to take a laudanum to move up or are you good? I do not have any. So that'll be routine four. Nice pass. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then after a little while, probably uh, bare and drunk after you've been carrying the bodies back and forth and doing, this has probably taken all several hours uh, and enough time to get Lavinia her eyesight back. So if a bear, I think is good. I am moderately. So moderately would just be same thing, easy. Unless she doesn't use two bandages. Yeah, so you have to burn two bandages. If you want to heal him, you don't have to heal him. He was kind of a jerk to you and you just met him. Yeah, but uh, I'll be nice. Do you have your own bandages? I have some. I just made two. I also have two. Um, But yeah, I'll take my time so that I'll just bump you only up to routine. 56, bump you up. Okay. So healing done uh, early afternoon, you know, two o'clock or so. You only got a couple hours left before sunlight's gone. There's a little bit of snow out now. It's starting to kick up a little bit, uh, but still not too terrible. Uh, what do you all want to do? Do I now that... heal that guy? Uh, so, yeah, we'll say like you can probably s- spend some time to, to bandage him up a bit. He's got a pretty torn up like shoulder and his legs not too great. But his leg seems to be getting better. Um, but his arm is, is probably the more concerning, but he'll be all right. Do we want to go take a look at that thing in the river or do we want to continue on our path to get him to safety? How far do you say it was? Maybe a half a mile. Yeah, close enough that we should check it out. Okay, yeah, we should take a look. Yeah. Okay. Is there a different outlook that you guys have that's like near there that's closer to like the mountain range? I would say Arave and Dronk, you would know that this outpost is never left untended. Like this, this specific at, at, at outpost has a, as the clearest view of the river and of any sort of passage through the Dead Stenfala, which is like a major kind of southern route into this area. And so there's always somebody here. So all the more reason why we'd want to make sure that we've informed someone that there is no one left here. Perhaps someone should stay. And the other one go and take him back so he can recuperate and more can come. Or if, the MPC could stay and we could let other people know on our way. You would know that the, the next nearest place is is gonna pro- is in the Shattered Peaks and it'll probably take you uh, maybe two days to get there. Or, you know, Yeah, probably two days to get there because you have to cross and you have to climb to get to sort of the next closest spot. It's like it's heading dead west into the mountain. The fact that this has been unprotected and not have people here for who knows how long is not a good thing. That means that there could be someone trying to sneak into places that they shouldn't be. Uh, So a couple of things. Lavinia, you actually would be able to tell who knows how long. So if you wanted to roll an easy heal test and start looking at some of the bodies, you could totally figure that out. Yeah, I'll do that. We we have four fortune left if you want to reroll. Yeah, let me reroll. Fail. 
Definitely. You, you can't pinpoint it to a specific day. Like you can't say whether it's been like two days or one day, but it's definitely within a week. Like it, it, these, at least, but how There's long? There's just so much mutilation. Mm-hmm. But it's, they're definitely not been here for very long, like in this condition. How often do they switch like watch? Uh, it's usually a couple weeks. And then like, how would they normally like give notice? Would it be like smoke signals or would they actually like leave to go deliver like a message? Yeah. One thing Arave was wondering is if there's a way to try to count body parts to see if like there's somebody may have already left. So if it looks like the full complement of people that should have been here Mm -hmm. were all murdered or we ended up killing them when we came in. Or if it seems like maybe there's missing that maybe they already tried to go send word. Uh, you don't have to count body parts. You can just count bodies. Uh, so you see that there are a total of like nine people. Um, and this there's not a, like usually it's anywhere between six and ten people that are probably uh, on assignment here. Um, uh, between uh, four and eight people. Sorry. And. If there's ever really any more than that, like if there's ever like, you know, six, eight, ten, it's kind of like what happened with you guys. Like it's just people stopping by just because they need aid. So it's hard to tell whether or not all of these people were part of the kind of the same group or not. Like there's there's no way really to discern that since they're not part of either of your groups and you guys work in sort of cells. Um so nobody looked expressly not Umbat nor though, right? No, no, no. Everybody, yeah. Everybody looked like they were supposed to, you know, like they were part of it at some point. Yeah. Okay. Is the drum higher in elevation than the peaks? Uh, yeah. Like the, the it's like the the peaks themselves. I mean, obviously it's erratic, but like yeah, like yeah, it's uh, it's higher up. I'm trying to see if like you can just send a signal from here. Wouldn't that make the most sense if this is an outpost that other people would be able to see? Yeah, and like smoke signals on. or something. Yeah, you could, you could potentially do that for sure. Instead of wasting time to travel into the peaks and clear you guys don't want us knowing either and i also have no interest in going in there because i have no idea what you guys are watching or defending from the sending a, a smoke signal like that something that the umbat nor have done in the past would i know how to do that specifically to like say danger or trouble or something uh i mean there's no there's no white like, smoke gray smoke there's no smoke language yeah. Some, uh, something like that no there's no but do you think no that smoke. perhaps if they're watching from the shattered peak or something and they see smoke coming from where the drum is. Oh no, that's definitely, I mean, they would be, they would, they would most likely inquire for sure. But like, I I mean, in terms of like, Oh, okay. So there's, there's, there's two fires going Two fires. I mean, they're coming by sea. Like there's nothing like that, but there's definitely no, but I'm, I'm talking about like, get a big old fire going Mm -hmm, (laughs) and mm -hmm. instead of just like the normal plume of smoke from like an average fire, it's just, a ton of it could certainly try to do that yeah okay i believe that the smoke signal idea is probably the best that we have right and we can still leave him behind as the information envoy he can figure out ways to give up what happened here a couple hours left in sunlight uh you want to do the bonfire thing um you want to do there's the thing down by the river um, if you do the bonfire thing, you would probably know that like the top of the butte is probably the best place to do it. Uh, but the problem with that is like you have to get firewood and shit up there, and especially if you're going to do a massive bonfire, uh, or you can just try to do it from the ground. Uh, so it's kind of up to you guys. We can go down and investigate the thing in the river, and even bring up firewood back. 
So it like killed two birds. Okay. Uh, all right. So how many people are actually going um, to the thing in the river? Yeah, I'm interested. Yep. Okay, we go. go because of the thing that she saw in the lake. Okay. Uh, we'll say since Josh isn't here, uh, we'll say Bear can get started then on doing like, uh, you know, cutting trees and whatnot, and hanging back, um, uh, and keeping an eye on the the other NPC and whatnot who is uh is injured. So there's not he's not there back by himself. Uh, while you guys go and investigate, because it's only a half a mile away, it's not too far away, but like just in case. So he'll start uh chopping away at some uh some trees that are at the base of the butte. And uh, you guys will make your trek. Is Drunk going? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so like three o'clock, four o'clock afternoon, something like that. You guys start traveling uh, north uh, a bit, and eventually, you uh, you know, it's mostly flat land between the the drum and the bend in the river in which you're going. Uh, you get close, you can see that it is most certainly not a tree, uh, and it is kind of this peculiar. Uh, monolith of some kind uh, that has been tipped over onto its side uh, and you can see that uh, it's partially in the river like the base seems to be in the river and it's tipped over and it's being propped up by some river rocks along uh, the actual base of the river itself Um, you would probably peg this as best you can tell uh like you look in the icy the icy waters which are mostly frozen over like of the river it's maybe 10 feet tall maybe more depends on how much goes underneath the ice um but it's like this dark uh red rock that is incredibly foreign to the landscape um it uh yeah when you when you look around the ruin you don't really see much like red rock it's mostly everything's dark you know like kind of dark blues and grays like lots of granite and such that shows up and never really this kind of starkly different color um but yeah it's uh it's a little peculiar and looking around there's nothing similar this color in any other direction no and this is and you can tell from you know a few feet away that like this is like a good you know up on the ridge looking down at the river like this is not um naturally occurring like this is a this is a made uh it, it, it's sort of tapered almost like a kind of like the washington monument in some way it's kind of got like angled mm-hmm. sides and such uh this is definitely something that's been made is it similar to the other monoliths that we've come across in our travels no because those actually are the umbat nor stuff um those actually are theirs uh you know so and those are also like kind of blue gray rock like this is this peculiar red gray so all of you, again, all of you are just kind of looking down at it as you're standing up on the embankment, looking down at the, the river bit. Are we close enough that we could try to hammer at it or chisel into it or anything like that? You can be, sure, yeah. Yeah, if you move up, um, the closer you get, you realize it's giving off warmth. And uh, that's when, as you get closer, um, you can go ahead and roll an awareness or a scrutinize test, depending if like awareness, if you just want to look at something in general, scrutinize if there's something specific you're looking for. Um, it's up to you. I guess I'll do awareness as I'm kind of getting closer to it. Okay. So go ahead and just roll an awareness routine. Could I do like an alchemy roll to see if I can identify what it, like the type of rock that it is? Uh, you probably need to get a sample probably with that. Okay. Ooh, that's a crit fail. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, so, 
as you're walking up, just sort of looking around, you feel a warmth. Like, like there, it's like kind of there's warmth coming off of this for sure. Uh, you don't really notice that the ice around it from the river in the snow has kind of melted and you you slip and you go tumbling into it uh, and you can go ahead and take a little bit of peril maybe you guys are your peril thresholds are so high three points of peril yeah you you fall into it um and as you do uh you feel this sort of immense and strange eerie feeling begin to overwhelm you you feel your stomach begin to roll a bit um but yeah you, everyone just sees her kind of fall and then slip into it uh you're wanting to do an alchemy test um if you were if you were to chip away maybe a piece and mess around with it a bit you might be able to determine something um lavinia okay standard uh so if you go up get your get a hammer and ch- do you have a hammer and chisel uh no, I just have like a knife. Okay. A little baby. Alright, so you get up and you start to do the kind of stab into it, and you can feel like this this heat sort of emanating from it. Uh and uh It doesn't make me feel like I'm burning, right? Uh no, not burning. You just you feel okay. warm. You feel like you're at a at a hearth, like at a, a fire. It actually feels really strangely comfortable. Your stomach hurts a bit, but like you're you're definitely um yeah, you definitely feel like warm. Like in it's cold. it's incredibly cold out. So like the fact mm-hmm. that you feel really warm here is actually it's it's incredibly strange, but it does feel good. Okay. Hubert, drunk, what are you doing? I'm gonna get up and look and see if there's like any writing or scribing on it. And okay. then after that I'm gonna start getting firewood, I suppose. Okay, so you get up close to it and you start looking. Um and again you, you feel that that same warmth that I've described. And as you as you look, you do in fact notice that there are are some sort of engravings on it that are hard to see unless you're really up close because um, it's uh, the, the color of the rock doesn't allow for like easy viewing uh, but it's definitely there's definitely writing in there um, when you start to look over it you 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 can feel your stomach just begin to roll a bit just uh, this kind of twisting um, and you're looking at the words you're trying to sound them out a bit. Uh, but they don't actually look like the language of the Umbat, nor nor do they look uh, like the the common language spoken uh, by the people in Verdum or in the Rhine. It looks like something else. Uh, Hubert, what are you doing? Mm, I'll just look around the area, see if things nearby. Okay. Um, so you look around the area. Uh, go ahead and roll an awareness test. Pass. Okay. When you say the area, are you meaning by it or just like fanning out? In general, just fanning out. Okay. So you start fanning out and looking around. Um, I'll start with Arave. Um, Arave and Drunk and uh, and Lavinia, all of you go ahead and take six points of corruption. Oh. Uh, and then I'm going to have Drunk and Lavinia go ahead and roll uh, hard resolve tests. Pass with a 13. Very nice. I failed. Okay. Coder 42. with Drunk Go ahead and take 14 points of mental peril and you are suffering from fear. And although you can't quite figure out exactly um, what this thing is saying to you, there is just an instinctive and utter disgust and fear from 
sounding the words out as best you can as some of the lettering looks familiar you know it looks like okay well maybe this sounds like this or maybe this sounds like that um and the minute you do so you just feel like this iron taste in the back of your mouth like this taste of blood uh i need both i need all three of you uh hubert you don't have to do this to roll a d100 39 oh we all have in like the same area i'm 34 uh Go ahead and re-roll that 37 there, Erevay. 54. Um, 39, you said? For me, yes, 39. Okay, so as you're tasting in the back of your mouth that this awful taste, whatever it might be, you just feel sickly. Uh, your stomach begins to just hurl, and you begin vomiting blood on the ground, and you feel woozy and lightheaded, uh, reduce your bronze score by 6%. Uh, and what was what was it you rolled there, um, Erevay? 54. So what what do you have on you that uh, that's metal? I have a stiletto that's metal. Okay. I have a garrote that has metal on it. You start hearing clinking. Like clink, 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 clink. Coming from the various things in your, in your possession. And you start shuffling through your uh, your equipment and you can see that the metal like two arrowheads all of the arrowheads in your quiver have just clink 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 and they're like magnetized to each other just stuck to each other um, you start going through your your bags and such um, and sort of the same thing's happening anything that's metal just suddenly seems to be magnetized Lavinia nothing everything's fine like you you're just kind of staring at this and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to understand like what in the hell is kind of happening to you, but, um, but you don't, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing weird. Um, so go ahead and roll an attack. Uh, actually, just roll damage. You don't have to worry about rolling an attack. Roll, roll damage for a, uh, a knife attack or a dagger. Just attack. like simple melee. Just no, just roll damage. Just roll a d6 and add your combat. Five plus three, so eight. So you swing away at it, and you see that the tip of your blade uh, makes contact with it, and immediately like ricochets off of it, and your arm just goes slipping into it, and you make contact. As you do, uh, you have this momentary lapse of of vision where everything just sort of around you goes dark, and um, your eyes begin to grow foggy. Not again. And... Erevé, as you're as you're going through your pack and, and looking at the different metals, uh, when you return your gaze back towards the monolith, you don't see it. In fact, you don't see anyone. You don't see a river. You see kind of like this this strange and vast valley, and around you this almost like a like a clock. These series of peaks and plateaus. And 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 9 o'clock, in like this vast sunken valley between all of them. Um, drunk, as you, with your hands on your knees, with your vomiting, as you stand up straight, trying to get your vision back as you're getting kind of dizzy from the vomiting of blood and the taste in your mouth, you look around and you too don't notice the monolith. You don't notice Lavinia or Arave or Hubert or the river, or anything, you suddenly don't feel the gusts of of snow like hitting against you. 
Um, but as you look up and as all of you look up uh, and you see that same kind of landscape of those, those mountains and such, you see above you, there is this vast chaotic and beautifully violent storm that seems to be a fixed, almost stationary above this depression between all of these different plateaus, like just swirling and swirling these beautiful colors of like purple and light blue. Um, at the center of it, this intense darkness. And you look around, you don't see each other. This is all kind of happening independently. And Erevé, like you, you hear something like the sounds of footsteps behind you, like slushing in the snow. And when you turn around, it's just in time to see what looks to be the better part of a tree trunk just swinging to the side and cold cocking you from right to left and you drop on the ground everything goes black for a moment and then you just feel nothing but coldness and tightness and when you wake up um you are being dragged in the snow inside of some makeshift net there's the bodies of numerous umbat nor uh in this with you and when you look up you can see about a 20 foot tall giant hanging on holding on to like the net behind just dragging you in one arm dragging this big old tree trunk in the other and just sort of leading you uh, away from this like depression in the middle where it looked like there were a variety of settlements and buildings and camps to a fairly large cave on one of the plateaus and you descend into the darkness uh, inside of it um no no the uh drunk the new guy you um when you are looking around you you are actually comparatively to these other two have a much closer view of the uh, of the storm above because you when you're looking you're from you know standing at the edge of a plateau um and you're just kind of hanging you know just kind of looking out you feel just utterly strange um something feels wrong uh, and you're darting around, you try to turn your head and you're just completely incapable of, you try to like reach up and move something and you can't and you finally gaze down and you realize there is no body. You are a, a head just hanging. You, uh, you, you can look and you can see, but something else seems to be controlling. You feel a tug on the hair atop your head, whatever's up there. And then suddenly you are hurled off the side of this plateau, your head just tumbling over it and over. And when you look back, you see standing on the edge of this plateau is this massive dread count, clad in armor with this spiked and gauntlet hand and shoulder pads, uh, this huge metal uh, sword glaive on the ground covered in your blood, your body is like hanging halfway over the top of the plateau. You recognize it as you just tumble and tumble and tumble until you can no longer see the top of that plateau. Okay. Lavinia, uh, as you look down from that storm above, you see that you're standing atop this long and frozen sheet of ice. Uh, wind and snow is swirling. And you can hear... Uh, the sound of a crackling storm, um, like thunder and lightning and whatnot. And when you look down, you can see 
something moving below the ice. You shuffle your feet a little bit, get rid of a little of the ice shavings, and you can see that beneath the ice, uh, a blue woman is swimming up at you. Uh, arms are outstretched. And as you're standing there, like at this almost emotionless blue frozen face below you, uh, the ice begins to crack uh, beneath your feet. Uh, moments later, all of you um, wake up and it's dark out. And Hubert, when you returned from your surveillance of the area, you found a body covered in snow, dressed in familiar Umbat Nor clothing, probably about 50 yards away. Uh, you almost didn't see it at all, uh, if not for uh, it just being kind of slumped against a, a rock. It, it it just seems like, like its face exploded. <laughs> like there's just something just like almost like it's like its brain just was pushed out of its face. And when you peel it back, you notice there is a huge bludgeoning wound in the back of its head as if somebody like just got it over the top and you know all over the back either with like maybe maybe a like something like a club or maybe they just thrust a spear into the back of a head and when you hurry back uh you see the three of them all like suddenly they're just standing around this this monolith each one of them is touching it their eyes are no longer the color of their normal eyes. There's just sort of blood red, and they're just standing there touching it. Um, what do you do when you see this? They haven't woken up yet. We're doing two different time periods. Okay. I will get near them, see what's going on with them. As you get close, you feel an intense warmth begin to overtake you. <laughs> I need you to roll a challenging resolve test i'm sorry a hard resolve test and you have to roll it at flip to fail because you have you have okay. you have more rings of chaos than order don't you oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's what i thought oh dear okay you have to take six points of corruption oh, that's a lot and i think that you're at like 12 or something wow and you can take 14 points of mental peril as you uh you feel your heart just begin to just push out of your chest a bit um, as if it's just like beating and beating and beating and beating and beating louder and louder until like, like you kind of try to shake it off. And you notice that it's not the heart that's beating, but it's wings and you've you're covered in feathers. So you look down, but it's not your own. And you realize that you are being carried by something with wings. And you, you turn and tilt your head and look up and you can see this giant gray-headed crow uh, with multiple eyes popping out of its head. This crooked, bloody beak and these strange reversed legs that are just kind of hanging down sickly like... And you're just, it's just beating and beating and flying upward. And as you look up, you can see that there is this violent storm in the sky with a black eye at its center, purples and yellow swirls. And you hear the sound of laughter. And it isn't until that giant crow begins to crest the blackness at the, the eye that you realize that the laughter is maniacal and it's your own. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. <laughs>